0: This is the Jewish Prayer Podcast. I'm Scott Kahn. We're now going to look at Kinan number 14, Echa et Asher k'var Asuhu. Although we mourn the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash and the attendant exile which continues to this day, it is important to recognize that the themes of exile and redemption are built into the very fabric of creation. During the six days of creation, the template of exile and redemption was brought into being. We see this among other places in the well-known Agadah which explains the relative sizes of the sun and moon. The Torah initially calls them both Melro Hagdolim, large luminaries, but soon calls the moon, the Ma'or the small luminary. Chazal explained the discrepancy by saying that while the moon was originally the same size as the sun, the moon claimed that two kings cannot wear a single crown. Hashem accordingly diminished its size. The moon's current condition is understood as a symbolic expression of exile, where it has been distanced from the sun and can only reflect the solar light rather than producing its own light. Indeed, to this day during Kedosh Levana, we pray for the moon to be reinvigorated, that is, for the exile and imperfection inherent in creation to be rectified. Even after creation, exile was a recurring motif long before the advent of the Jewish people the very first man, Adam HaRishon, was exiled from paradise as a result of his sin. Cain was exiled after killing his brother. The builders of the Tower of Babel were exiled across the face of the earth. And even before Avraham had any children, Hashem informed him that his children would one day be exiled, living in a foreign land for 400 years. With this background, we can better understand the recurring motif of this kinah, that the future exile of the Jewish people was well known to our ancestors, going all the way back to Adam. The third stanza reads: Gadagova komat yitzir tsar, lefanav huftsar, galmira uenecha huftsar, kolne etzar. He cut down to size the great height of the man he fashioned, revealed to Adam the book of future generations, the shape of human destiny disclosed in full detail. Even the unborn pass in review before him. I'm using the translation in the keynote Tarav by Koran. These lines reflect the Midrashic idea that Adam Harishon was shown all of human history. This idea, specifically that Adam Harishon was given a book that explains all of human history, appears in Zorah and also in Babam Betsiya, Daf Amudbet, as well as in the Zohar, such as in Zohar Breshit, Daf Nunhe Amudbet. Incidentally, there is a well-known book called Rezi hamalach which purports to be the book referred to in this Kinah and in these Midrashim. It is almost always printed as a tiny book, too small to read comfortably, and supposedly protects houses from fires. I can attest that even if someone takes these Agadot literally and believes that Adam HaRishon had such a book, Rezi hamalach is emphatically not that book. It is a collection of various works, most prominently a large section of a book called Sodei Razaya by the Rokeach, who lived in Germany and was among the most prominent of the Hasidic Ashkenaz. There are also sections from many random books, including a section from the Talmudic Arab book, Sefer HaRazim. In fact, quoted from Sefer HaRazim and included in every copy of Rizil HaMalach is a hymn to Helios, the Greek god of the sun. So be very careful before deciding that this book has anything to do with the ideas presented in Narkinah and the works of Chazal. The book Rizil HaMalach is a very problematic book in this sense. In any event, going back to our we are told that not just Adam knew about the future exiles, but our other ancestors as well. The fifth stanza, for example, reads, Avraham, who arose from the east, whose light shone at the covenant between the pieces, the Brit ben he too was shown the four kingdoms while he slumbered, and he shrieked, as the eastern gate sunk into the earth. It is fascinating to see what Rabbi Lazar Khalir does with these motifs. While we normally think of these visions as representing promises of grandeur, but which also include allusions to the exile, the Paitan emphasizes only the aspects of these prophecies that allude to exile. Thus, in the seventh stanza, Yaakov's vision of the latter, it's not seen as a great promise of God's enduring protection, but as a curse which promises destruction and exile. Even Yaakov's exclamation, which in the Torah means, this is nothing except for the house of God, is shortened to, this cannot be happening. On Tisha B'Av, we don't look for the positive messages or a silver lining. If anything, we are being told to search for the most negative interpretation possible. Pessimism is the attitude of the day, for any other reaction at this point would lessen the feelings of horror that we are experiencing. And those feelings of horror are doubly painful when we realize that exile is a predictable and recurring motif in human history. Thank you for joining me on the Jewish Prayer Podcast.